0: Welcome to the LifeSpring Church podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at LifespringChurch.us. Over the past few Sundays, we have been talking about prayer, and, and this Sunday we will continue in that series and that study on prayer. Our focus verse for this series has been 2 Chronicles. Chapter 7 and verse 14. 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. You're going to have it memorized probably by the time we get through this series. It says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. This verse is one of the greatest calls to prayer in all of the Bible. In this verse, we find God gives four callings to his people, four callings in prayer, and if we will be obedient to what God calls us to, he gives us. A promise of three sovereign responses or three ways in which he will move if we pray. The first lesson that we study went into the, the first of these callings. And the four callings are if we will humble ourselves, if we will actually pray. If we will seek his face and if we will turn from our wicked ways He promises to respond in three ways. He will hear us, He will forgive us, and He will heal us. So we began a few weeks ago talking about what it means to humble ourselves. This is a priority decision. It's when we get in correct priority with God. When His will becomes the primary will for our lives. Last Sunday, we talked what it means to pray, and we followed through a little bit of the the incredible model prayer that Christ gave us, the Lord's Prayer. Not that we should recite the Lord's Prayer every time we pray, but he lays out into it the principles of prayer. There's no uh, magical potion that comes upon us when you say the Lord's Prayer. There's no spiritual unique key that turns something in the unknown. If you Recite the words of the Lord's Prayer. He was simply teaching them how to pray. It's the Lord's Prayer. Prayer is important in our lives. Prayer is vital to our existence. If we claim to be Christians and we claim to be disciples of Christ, then as followers of Him, we must be people of prayer. Martin Luther King Jr., said this about prayer. He says, to be a Christian without praying is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Everybody take a deep breath. I felt good. We're alive. That breath is evidence that you're alive. The evidence, one of the evidences that we are Christ followers is that we pray. If you were having a conversation with someone and they said, you know, uh, I'm an electrician. Okay, and you were to ask them, you know, so uh, tell me a little bit about being an electrician. Oh, I've never done anything. I mean, I'm just an electrician. Are you going to hire them to work on your house? No. If you're in conversation with someone and they say, well, I'm a Christian. And you say, well, tell me, what have you been praying about lately? What's, What's the Lord been doing for you? And they're like, oh, I don't pray. Oh, you're really not a Christian. You're a professing but not a possessing Christian. Christians pray. That's what Christ taught his followers to do. He took them to the garden, separated out Peter, James, and John, and went a little bit further, and he began to pray, Christ did, and he comes back and his his retort to them while they were sleeping was, can you not pray with me for an hour? Jesus had an expectation on his disciples that they would pray. And his ex- expectation is the same on us today. If we are to be a follower of Christ, we are ones who should pray. Today we're going to go to the next of the callings of prayer, the third calling in prayer, which is the calling to seek God's faith. It was the World War and the Italian forces were moving in on Maltus. As they had overwhelming superiority both in numbers and in firepower, in fact, historians still can't understand why Malta was able to hold out against the Italian army. The answer might lie in General Duby's first special order of the day. Here's what he wrote when he took command in Malta. Hear these words. The decision of his majesty's government to fight against our enemies are defeated. Will have been heard from the greatest satisfaction by all ranks of the garrison of Malta. It may be that hard times lie ahead of us, but however hard they may be, I know that the courage and determination of all the ranks will not falter, and that with God's help we will maintain the security of this fortress. I therefore call upon all officers and other ranking members humbly to seek God's help, and then, in reliance upon Him, do their duty unflinchingly. This is an individual, this man, this this leader understood that his first need was to seek the face of God. He did not wait until they were in the middle of the battle. He did not wait until they were at the edge of of defeat. They did not wait until they felt overwhelmed. But he assessed the situation. He took inventory And he realized, I need God. I wonder what would happen in our lives sometimes if if rather than rushing into action, we would just pause for a moment, assess the situation that we may have found ourselves in, take inventory of what we have to handle the situation, and then realize we need God. I can't make it without God. It's too frustrating. It's too irritating. Temptations can be overwhelming. Things fight and war against us. Even our own humanity fighting and warring against us makes this life a struggle at times. But I don't have to live in a continuing, never-ending struggle. I just need to realize where I am and realize what I have and realize who I can put my trust in. And if I will then seek the face of God, the situation changes. What does it mean to seek God's face? Well, let's go with the action here, to seek. Seeking is to look for something that's missing. Like your car keys that you misplaced. You are seeking your car keys. My dear mom's here today. I didn't ask her if I could tell on her, but I'm going to. There are times that she has been seeking her sunglasses. And then you look at her and remind her that they're sitting right there on top of her head. You are looking for something. You don't know where it is. You're trying to find it. It's more than just looking for that which was lost, but it's a desire to have an audience. It's striving after something. It's to ask. It's to desire. It's to inquire. All of these things require someone to be intentional about what they're doing. So to seek God's face is an intentional action that we take as a part of our prayer life. Maybe you understand this statement. There's praying, and then there's praying. There's those times when we have our our heartfelt, true prayers, they're they're sincere prayers, but they're, they're not intercessory prayers. They're not seeking God's face. They're just talking to God prayers. We thank Him for our meal. We thank Him for our day. We show appreciation. We, we have activities or things going on. We, we show gratitude to God. These, these, not to belittle them, but these normal prayers that we often pray. They're a part of our relationship with God. It's part of the continuing conversation. This is what we talked about last week. That, that ongoing discussion with God. But then there's a pray. And that's what I want to talk about today. Those times where you get to a point where it's not just about having a communication line open with God. But it's a time where you need to stand in the very presence of God and talk to Him face to face when you really began to seek God. It's that intimate moment where you are known by God and you know you're in the presence of God. Kind of like Adam and Eve in the very beginning where they, every day, were in the presence of God, uninhibited, open conversation with Him. Let me ask this question too. Has there ever been a time where you've been in prayer and there was just an overwhelming presence of God there? If you've never experienced that today, I hope you don't leave without knowing that God is real. There's something powerful about when you begin to talk to God, it's more than just, Worldly spirituality. It's more than just new ageism. It's more than just some cosmic guy in the atmosphere. It is the reality that God is real and He exists. And His presence surrounds you. And your soul is fed. The depths of you is touched by God. That's the result of seeking His face. These are the times when you're in prayer and the clock The schedule, the agenda, the daily tasks, all earthly constraints lose their importance. It's those times when you're in prayer and you're like, not even thinking about those things. It's when the Holy Spirit connects us to heaven. And to our Heavenly Father. There's sometimes it feels like our prayer lives may be a text message. It's just an open communication between us and God. But man, there's something about just dialing the number and talking to somebody. There's something about not even just dialing the number, but going to their house or, or meeting them somewhere and, and being in the same location as they are and being able to look into the whites of their eyes. And hear their voice in your ear. This is seeking the face of God. It's when all of our carnal ways fade. And the beauty of God's spirit is all that exists. It's when the presence of King Jesus is so real that you can't walk away and deny God. Psalm 16 and 11 says, In thy presence is fullness of joy. It's those moments when you walk away from your prayer life and your prayer time and your prayer moment with God. There's no doubt. There's no anxiety. There's no fear. You're not proud and built up and puffed up but you just have an assurance in your soul. God's got this. God's got me. God understands where I am. God made a promise to us. If we would seek him, he said that he would be found. When we were kids, me and my brother used to play hide and seek in the house. And uh, I'm eight years older than my brother, so I had a little bit of an advantage. And I would go hide somewhere, and he would seek and seek and seek and seek. And I had toy with him. I'd wait till he got to the other end of the house and I'd stick my head out from my hiding place. I'm over here! And he'd come running. You could hear his feet. I'd be dead quiet. My favorite hiding spot was in the laundry room in the bottom cabinet. I'm not getting in there today. I might get in, I just might not get out. calling the fire department, playing hide and seek. Anyway. (laughs) He would look and 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 never find me. And I would wait until he then ended up in in either the the upstairs or, or a different part of the house and I would sneak out of my hiding spot and go sit on the couch. And he'd come back around. Where were you? Obviously a good hiding spot. This is not how it is with God. When you begin to seek the face of God, you do not have to look and look and look and look and look. You don't have to go find every secret spot in all of the universe to try and find God. He makes a promise to us. If we will seek him, we will find him. In other words, he wants to be found. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. But if from thence thou seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul, when you are in tribulation, sounds like a good time to seek God, and all these things are come upon you, Even in the latter days, hello, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant. What a powerful promise from God. If you will determine inside of your heart today, and with all of your soul, I'm going to begin to seek God. I'm going to begin to look for Him. I'm going to begin to pursue Him. I'm going to find His availability. I'm going to search for God. God's not saying you're going to have to find the greatest hiding spot in all the universe. He says, I'm right here. If you'll just look for me, you'll see me. If you're here this morning and you need something from God, it's not a million miles away, it's not, a, it's not a week away, it's not three days away. If you need something from God today, you just begin to seek Him and He'll meet your need. If you need healing in your body today, we believe God's a healer. He can heal you. If you need deliverance in your body today, God can deliver you. If you have an addiction that you're ready to get rid of, you can give it to Jesus. And the Bible says, Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. If you have sin in your life, Jesus came to redeem us from sin. If you will seek Him, you can find His forgiveness. If you keep the commandments of God, you will be blessed. Even when you find yourselves in trouble, trouble and tribulation, God will be there for us. His promise is, I will not forsake you. I will not destroy you. I will not forget the covenant. Has God made you a promise? Oh, he's made us more than a promise. He's given us an entire book of promises. And none of these have expiration dates. None of them are null and void. If we're living right and we're seeking Him, His promises are for us today. His blessings are for you today. Heaven can be your home if you'll be obedient to His word. That promise is still for you today. If you need somebody to stick closer than a brother, God is for you today. If you need somebody that'll be there and bring you encouragement and uplifting, God will be there with you today. If you need mercy, His mercy is available. If you need grace, God's grace is available. If you need love, the love of God is available to you. He'll not leave you nor forsake you. <clears throat> Here's what Jeremiah said. The prophet Jeremiah in 29, 13 and 14. And ye shall seek me and find me. When ye shall search for me with all your heart... And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. I just want to reiterate it. Because the Bible did. If you're looking for him, you're going to find him. He wants to be found. Nobody says, hey, if you'll look for me, you'll find me. And then they run and hide. Can I tell you, if someone says, if you look for me, you'll find me, they're probably in a very obvious location. One of the cool things about God that makes him God is that he is omnipresent. What does that mean? That's a big word. Omnipresent means he is present everywhere at the same time. Well, how does that work? I don't know. I'm not God. That's what makes him God. That also means that if you're trying to find something and it's everywhere all the time, you don't have to look real hard. He's readily available to us. He's easily found. What I'm telling you today is you can let your faith be built up. You don't have to doubt. If you'll just put forth the the effort today and you'll reach down into the depths of your soul and your heart and you will seek God, you will find Him today. This prophecy was given by the prophet Jeremiah while while the people of Judah were living in disobedience to God's commandments. They were living in sin. They weren't perfect in God's eyes. They weren't pleasing in God's eyes. Understand the context that's given to the people of God. Even while they were messed up and and not doing everything exactly right, God was still saying to them, if you'll look for me, you'll find me. You don't have to get right to find God. You find God to get right. You don't have to take a shower before you get cleaned up to come to God. If you have a need and you'll seek His face today, God will meet you because He wants to help you and He wants to show His mercy to you. Seek God and you will find Him. Well, you may say today, well, those are all verses from the Old Testament, preacher. These are are promises to God's people in the Old Testament. Well, then let's flip the book. Let's go to Matthew. Let's go to chapter 7 and verse 7. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Just a bit ago, I gave you the Webster Dictionary definition of what it means to seek. But if you look at this Greek word seek in Matthew chapter 7 and you look at the the context of that that verse and that word and its original meaning, it means to strive after. This means there's some urgency. It means to desire it. It means there's a, a deep longing for something. Even down to the word of craving something. Anybody crave the presence of God? I crave to be in the presence of God. My body revolts against me when I'm not in the presence of God. There's something about me. I'm addicted to the presence of God. I have to be in the presence of God. This is what it means to seek God. This is what it means to say, I desperately want a move of God in my life. I desperately want to see God move in my family. I desperately see the need for God in my community or my country. And it happens when we begin to seek the face of God. We begin to crave the spiritual and we begin to reject the carnal. The spiritual are the things of God. The carnal are the things of this world. Let me tell you, there are a million things in this world that will make you happy. There are a million things in this world that for a moment will leave you feeling satisfied. But in the end, it's just like eating pizza at the pizza buffet. Not even a couple hours later, after gorging on all the pizza, all the carbohydrates are burnt up and you're still hungry. And you're looking for a cheeseburger. But Jesus told the lady at the well, I'll make you into a spring of living water. Jesus doesn't just walk up to you. Here, you want a drink? Oh, there's enough. That's all you get. There's your drink. Told you I'd give you a drink. Be happy. No, 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 no. He says, I will turn you into the source. I will make you a spring of living water. Hear me today. Jesus doesn't want to just come to you and get his little dropper out and drop a couple drops in your mouth and, and tease you today. No, if you will seek Him, you have full access to everything that God wants to give to you. I want to tell you, when we began to crave the spiritual, the gates of hell... Can't prevail against us. When the first and the greatest desire in our lives is prayer and communion with God and to seek God. When the first choice in our life is to take our trouble and trial and tribulation to God. There's nothing the enemy can do to stop us. Your flesh can't even stop you. If you have a made up mind and a determination, I'm taking it to Jesus. My first action is to take it to Jesus. I need Jesus. I need God to move in this situation. This passage, Jesus is talking about hypocrisy, if you read the entire context. And then he says, seek and you shall find it. There's no reason for us to talk about what and who we want to be if we're not willing to do it. we got to be willing to do it. It's one thing to gather together on a Sunday morning, the Lord's Day, with all of the saints of God. And it's good to be here. And it's one thing to sit here and talk about it. But know what? We can talk about it tomorrow. We can talk about it on Tuesday. We can talk about it next Sunday, and we will. We can talk about it the Sunday after that. We can keep talking about it forever more. But until we do it, all we're doing is talking about it. Can I help us today? Your coworker doesn't need you to talk to them about prayer. Now you can mention prayer. And you can talk to them about what prayer is. But at some point, you got to start praying. It's one thing to walk up to somebody and say, man, our church prays. Awesome. Our church has prayer meeting on first Saturday of, of every month. I forgot. First Saturday. Prayer this week. Six o'clock. It's already October. Today's the first day. We tell people, oh, we get together and we have prayer time. We, we pray. And we talk about it. And we talk about it. And we talk about it. You know what? Our world is tired of Christians talking about what they do. It's time for the world to see the evidence of Christians doing what they do. If you're talking to somebody and you say, well, I'll pray about that. Pray about it. I'll pray about that should not be vain words. I'll pray about that shouldn't be when I get around to it later, maybe if I remember. There's nothing wrong with praying about it right then. You don't have to build an altar and kill a goat. Just pray about it. You don't have to speak in tongues and run around the office building. Just pray about it. Just take it to the Lord. Just take a moment. Take 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, and begin to pray about it. If the Holy Ghost begins to move, pray a little longer. But just take a moment and pray about it. Don't tell somebody, well, I'll pray about that on next Saturday at first prayer. I'll add that to my list of things to pray about. If we prayed about everything that was on our list to pray about, we'd be praying all day. Watch it not for rotten fruit. We don't need to just talk about it; we need to do it. Our world needs people that are more than talkers. Our world needs people that are action-driven people. We've got to stop fantasizing about prayer, and we've got to start praying. God wants to do things bigger than us. God wants to do things bigger than we can imagine. God wants to do stuff bigger than we are. But it only happens when we begin to pray and seek His face. This world needs powerful Christians, not powerless Christians. This world needs powerful followers of Christ, not powerless followers of Christ. We claim to be, hold on, here's a big word, apostolic. Let's break that down. Apostolic means to be like the apostles. Apostle-like. Okay? So let's go to the Bible and talk about the apostles. Who are apostles in the Bible? We got Peter, James, James. John, Bartholomew, Luke, Mark, Philip, generally the 12, minus the one plus the next one. (laughs) I guess he was an apostle until he wasn't. We want to be like the apostles. Okay. If you showed up church tomorrow and there's somebody sitting out front that has a A broken leg, and it's been that way since they were born. Are you going to reach down and grab their hand and say, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. And you're going to grab their hand and pull them up. Well, I ain't got that much faith. We're apostolic. We're like the apostles. That guy doesn't need you to walk by and say, You know what, I'm here for my hour of prayer. I'll make sure I put you in the list. And somewhere in our hour of prayer, we take five seconds and we call, "Hey, can you remember the Lord? The guy, the guy out there by the gate, Lord, he—I uh, didn't get his name, but you know who he is. He's been there his whole life. He needs a miracle, God. Would you just give him a miracle? And then we just keep on with our list. He needs more than that. The person in your life who's broken, whose life is a wreck—they need more than just." Calling out their name for a few seconds in a prayer. They need somebody who's going to seek God's face on their behalf. They need somebody who's going to go to the throne of God and say, hey Lord, this is my friend. Hey Lord, this is my family member. And call them out by name and say, Lord, there's some stuff that's on their life. I'll pray the blood of Jesus Christ on them. I'll pray you would break the addictions off their life. I'll pray you would liberate them from their mentality that has them in bondage. Lord, I'll pray you would send your spirit to them. I'll pray you send deliverance to them. God, would you go to their house right now? Would your spirit move on them right now? Would you bring deliverance into their heart. Would you call their name by your power? Somebody who will seek the face of God, not just talk about seeking the face of God. We need Christians who have worn out knees and not worn out thumbs. We need Christians who are ready To give 100% for whatever it is God needs. Because I want to tell you today, the only way your family changes is when God shows up. The only way your community changes is when God shows up. The only way this nation will ever be healed is when God is put back into it. Your school will be better when God's there. Your family will be better when God's there. This church will be better every time we gather when God's with us. And he made us a promise. If we will, he will. If I'll seek his face, I will find him. Christians, it's time to be real. It's time to seek the face of God. Here's what the early church preached in Acts chapter 17. Verses 26-28 through 28. And hath made one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bonds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after Him and find Him. Though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. I'm going to tell you how close God is. How easy it is to find God. Verse 28 is probably a verse we've heard or maybe you've even quoted often. For in him we live and move and move. And have our being. But you realize the context of that verse? The context of that verse is in seeking the Lord. If happily they might feel after Him and find Him. Let me tell you how easy it is to find God. It's like a swimmer finding water. Because the swimmer is in it, and moving in it, and exists in the water. And if we are in Him, and moving in Him, and exist in Him, you can find God as easy as a swimmer can find water. Because He's right here next to us. We just have to recognize and realize what's happening around me is God's work, is God's moving, it's His Spirit doing what He wants to do. Oh, I wish somebody would understand today. He's just as close as the mention of his name. And that's not just a cliche. That's a reality. If you'll cry out, Jesus, I need you, he'll answer you. If you'll just reach out your hand to him in an act of surrender, he's there to be found. As born-again Christians, He is everything to us. We live for Him. There have even been those who have died for Him. Even in our world today, there are those who die for Him. And I pray that you would have the same willingness in your dedication to Him to not only just live for Him, But if duty called and the responsibility fell upon you and you were asked to renounce him or die, you would choose to be with Jesus. We move in him. Every step we take is in him. He surrounds me. I don't want to live anywhere that God's not. I don't want to live anywhere where his presence isn't always surrounding me. And you can't. The writer said you can go to the depths of hell and he's still there. And some of you may feel like you're living there. But I'm telling you today, if you'll just seek him, you'll find him. I want us to pause the message for a moment. What's, what's the one thing that keeps coming back to your mind over the last few Sundays? Name that person, the the need in your life, the the situation, the trouble. What's the, what's the one thing that keeps coming up over and over and over again as we've been preaching and teaching to us about prayer? We're gonna take just a couple minutes and we're gonna pray. And I want you to pray, not about 14 things to build up to that one. But I want you to pray for that one thing. Is that all right? You got that one thing. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's their name that keeps coming up to you. Maybe it's a situation that somebody you know is is caught in. Maybe it's a situation you're caught in and you're just trying to figure out how am I going to get out of this. Maybe it's a sickness, maybe it's a disease, maybe it's a, a healing touch you need. I, I don't know what, your thing, what the thing is, but whatever the one thing is that keeps coming up into your mind, I want you to take just a few minutes here with me, and I want us to pray about those one things. I'm going to pray for you all today while you pray about your one thing. Is that all right? Stand with me. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Life Spring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.